So welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, today I'm interviewing, in fact, this is the first person I have interviewed talking on the topic of books. And so if you want to write a book, if you are interested in writing a book, you've been considering writing a book, or maybe you've written a book and it hasn't got the promotional legs that you've wanted it to, today's interview is going to serve you really well. I'm interviewing one of my good buddies, Rob Cosberg. And Rob is not only a best-selling author, but he is the creator of Publish, Promote, Profit. And essentially, he specializes in helping coaches and consultants to write best-selling books. He has got a really cool uh, philosophy and I think really practical advice around getting your book published, writing a book, the difference between self-publishing and whether getting traditional publishing, how to make that decision. We talk about essentially like what are the big mistakes that people make when they write their books. So these are the things that you want to be avoiding uh, when you're writing your book, how to choose your topic for writing your book. You know, sometimes people get stuck on that. Like this, we have so many great conversations around how to get the most out of your book. And so I think you're going to enjoy this conversation a lot. And uh, like I said, if you wanted to write a book, you're thinking about writing a book or you've written a book and you want to scale that up to the next level, then you're going to get a whole lot out of this. So let's get into this interview all about publishing and promoting profitable books with Rob Cosberg. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So Rob Cosberg, welcome to the Expert Edge, buddy. Colin, great to be with you, man. Thanks. Hey, I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, tell the audience um, who you help people with and also even like how long you've been in business. What's kind of, you know, when did that all start? Yeah. Well, bestseller publishing, um, we've been rolling for 10 years now. Um, we help coaches, consultants, uh, experts um, to write a book. We have a very uh, unique and proprietary ghostwriting process, publish the book. Uh, we do book launches, uh, even up to Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. And then we get our clients on media, radio, TV, podcast, blogs, all of that. Um to then help them grow their business, grow their income using their book. Mm, I love that. And so 10 years you've been doing this yeah. sort of business. What was your background before that? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I had a very, very successful real estate company, huh. uh, mortgage company, title insurance, uh, financial services, right up until the time I didn't. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What what yeah. was it? What was it about this? You know, the expert industry selling IP and so forth. What was it about that attracted you to it? You know, it was very organic. First of all, um, I was in I was in the marketing world. I was part of uh, Dan Kennedy's you know magnetic marketing. I was literally listening to him on a CD this yeah. morning, dude. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> But Shocking anyway. that you even have a CD player. I no, I well, <laughs> I know I didn't think I did, and I, and I just found one in the car. Do you know what's so funny, yeah. dude? You would you would be surprised. I had a buddy the other night. We'll have you hanging out, and I said, "Dude, I was listening to a CD today," and he's like, "No way!" And, <laughs> Who and, does and that? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "I don't even have a CD player," and I said, yeah. "Yes, you do." 
I said, it's in your car. And he goes, no, it's not. And I, and we went outside and it was in there. You'd be surprised. How <laughs> funny. <laughs> Dude, so funny. So you're in Dan Kennedy's um, kind of marketing world and yeah, keep going. Well, when I, uh, when I owned my real estate companies, I owned them in the early 2000s. And I, I kind of grew up in this, um, you know, in this outbound, outbound sales world. Mm. So like my dad owned a real estate company. I got my real estate license at 18 years old. I got my broker's license at 19. And he said, you know, if you want to learn how to sell real estate, here's how you do it. You get the expired list. You call the expireds every morning. You call the for sale by owners. And I was just dumb enough to do exactly what he told me to do. And so my first month in real estate, I sold five houses. I was in college. I was 19 years old. And I made more money than most adults made in a year in, in my very first month in real estate. Wow. So I, what did I do? I went out and bought a brand new Corvette. <laughs> You know, I'm in college. I don't know what that guy. Dude, you would have been a legend with that. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess I was in my own mind, perhaps, <laughs> but um, but I had been I had been grinding for you know 20 years in that kind of system. And when I came across Dan Kennedy and this idea of attraction marketing, it super intrigued me. And so even while I had the real estate companies, I I dove head first into that world, and the timing was really, really good because I learned a lot. And when my businesses, because of the financial crisis were, were collapsing, I mean, we went from doing a hundred million a year in transactions to zero. Wow. And uh, cause we couldn't get any funding and, and that went on for a long period of time. But um, I asked Dan, I asked two mentors, Dan was one of them, uh, what I should do um, because I need to pivot into a brand new industry. And Dan said, um, well, if I were in your position, I would start by writing a book. And um, I had wow. never thought of that before. And it was a long time ago. This is like 14 years ago now, 15 years ago. And so I wrote a book for a new industry, uh, a new company. And that book exploded. The business exploded. And this is still in 2009, 10, when you know the stock markets were still down 50%. It was a really, really bad time. But um, I was so attracted to this idea of, you know, using tools to bring people into your world mm. that I, I went head on. And that's how I made every mistake imaginable writing my first book. <laughs> cool. So you took his advice. So mm -hmm. it sounds like um, you're, you're smart enough to just do what people tell you to do. <laughs> yeah, we're actually dumb enough. Dumb enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I was dumb enough to just do what he said. And that is so true. It's so often is like it, you have to actually allow yourself to be dumb enough to do what people tell you to do if they're ahead of you. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. that's that's what always happens, I'm sure, with your clients, with my clients. Like if they if they just do what we tell them to do, like they just see amazing results. Um, uh, but I'm curious about, so you wrote the book and then um, what what was it about that 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 got you excited about building a business around writing and publishing, selling books? You know, nothing in the beginning. Um, <laughs> I love that. You know, my, I was, you know, I was holding on with both hands because, yeah. you know, I, I lost millions of dollars. And, and so here in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reestablish myself and I'm in my early forties at that time. I got three kids in private school. Wow. I got a, you know, I got all this, all That's the bells and whistles. That's where I'm and, at right now, like 40. You know, yeah, like just I, I can imagine that that period that it would have been tough. Yeah, imagine going broke right now. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it's and not you know, with all the expenses that you have, right? Yeah, all the 
That's all the, the thing, trappings, yeah. right? And and you mm. got to kind of start over. But fortunately, you know, it 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 worked out fantastic. What what mm. happened with the that this was for a completely different business. But what happened with the book business is that people like organically started coming to me because my business was go- growing so fast. They were mm. like, "How how are you doing it? What what are you doing um, that has helped you to grow your business?" And I was like, "You know, I I wrote this book." I did these things. I used my book in these ways. And, and so business owners began asking me, do you think that would work for me? Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe I got lucky. Um, and so I started organically helping people to do their books. I thought hmm. it was fun. Uh, it was a side hustle at the yep. time. And, um, you know, I, I probably was doing it for a year or two before, I was like, this is way more fun than my other business. And, and what uh, was the other business? I'm curious. Finan- what was financial it? services. Okay, financial it services. Was, yeah. It was financial services. Yep. And, so you self-published my- a book mm-hmm. in that in that space at that I time. Did. And this yep. was probably back when self-publishing wasn't like a big thing or it was like not, harder, to, harder to do. Not what it is now. Yeah, this yeah. is back in 2009. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, initially the success of my book wasn't even from the self-publishing of it. It was from the use of it with online and offline media. And mm-hmm. so radio shows, believe it or not, because um, this is even pre-podcast, I, I was doing a ton of, of live radio and, yeah. uh, and it, was, it was just exploding. And so, you know, people started coming to me. I fell in love with it. And uh, I ended up selling my, uh, my financial services company and going all in bestseller publishing in 2011. So it's been just over, just over two years, uh, 10 years now. That's cool. Now, there's probably a lot of people um, listening to this. Obviously, you know, main listeners, we're coaches, speakers, trainers, course creators, et cetera, experts. Um, And I can guarantee they're either have written a book or they're thinking of writing a book. Like it's, it's, it's on the, it's on the agenda. Now it was funny. I was, you brought up Dan Kennedy just before I was listening on the CD uh, yesterday and he said something and he was like, they were talking about books and he said, he said, books, he goes, terrible for making money with books. But he goes, but I keep writing them. And then she was like, <laughs> he was like, I find myself just keep writing books. And then the interviewer was like, how come you keep writing books? And he was like, well, it's the, it's the perfect blend of connection and credibility. And you connect with your audience and you build this amazing credibility. And then it leads to something else. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really cool, like the way he kind of framed that. Uh, tell me, tell the listeners around, like, sell us on like why writing a book is is a is a great, you know, marketing strategy as opposed to doing something else. Well, I start with why it's not. How about that? And yeah, then that's I'll great. Dive in because let let's address what what Dan said. Um, because if Dan would have said that to me, I wouldn't have written a book thirteen years ago, <laughs> right? Um, I didn't know. I mean, we didn't have an extended conversation, but I think what he was saying was that there is no money in royalties. Yes. Um, that's not that's what he, that's what he was saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, my, my book, uh, you know, um, published pro profit is a wall street journal bestseller. It's a USA today bestseller, but I, I make, you know, five, 600 bucks a month in royalties. Mm. Maybe my best month is $2,500. Yeah. And sure. That's a, that's like a really nice meal out. There's nothing wrong with that, but you can't support a family on that. Mm. So, so if you think that that is what is going to happen, then, you know, you, you either need to transition your thinking or, 
or you're just a writer because it's your passion and uh, not because mm. you want to make money at it. Um, so, you know, why did Dan tell me to write a book and why do I continue to write now? And, and um, you know, why do I suggest to people to write? I think it's really simple. You know, we're all in competition and uh, we, may, we may like it, we may not like it, but if you're a speaker, you know, uh, and you want to speak on a big stage, well, there are going to be 300 other speakers that you're in competition with to get that big stage. Now, mm -hmm. if it's a really big stage, they will tell you right out that you are disqualified if you don't have a book. Mm -hmm. So they will let you know there's no reason to even apply to speak if you don't have a book, if it's a big stage, right? Big fee, 25, 30,000 and up, big stage. Um, if you do have a book, then number one, you're qualified. If it's a if it's a book that has been done, that's been launched a bestseller, that's gotten you additional media and credibility, then you're gonna you're gonna win that stage or at least be in the top one, two, three percent of those applying. Now just fill in the gap in every other area. If you're not a speaker, well, if you're a financial advisor, same is true. If filter, same is true. If you're a doctor, same is true. It's it's this hierarchy of desire, right? Like, like if you're a generalist, you're not that desirable, right? Um, if you're a specialist and you have a few initials after your name, then yeah, you're you're more desirable. But when you get into the realm of expert, thought leader, celebrity, well, all of those people are authors. All of those people are featured on media, right? All of those people are known for their content. And so if you don't have that, you know, you may have a successful business, but it's not near what it could be. It's just mm. the truth. Mm. So it really lifts like the credibility, the authority, um, the believability, which I feel like more and more is something that you you have to have to have success long, like long term in this space, because there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of course creators. And so like, what's the difference between, you know, every other person who's running an ad yeah. um, and, and, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like, how believable is that person? Are they the real deal? Like, it, I mean, you, you see anyone who's done anything in the expert industry and you search their name of like, you know, so-and-so, are they legit? Are they the real yeah. deal? Like, yeah. except yeah. like reviews, yeah. all that sort yeah. of stuff. Or scam after scam. <laughs> business name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you type in your name and there's the word scam comes up as like the regular search, <laughs> yeah. it might be a problem. But might be a problem. <laughs> you, need you need a book, a book. then. <laughs> <laughs> you need a book. Yeah. So good. What are the big mistakes that people make um, when they try to write a book? Like what, what's the wrong way to look at it? When you're writing it? Yeah, good question. So there are a couple of, of, of big mistakes, I would say. Uh, the number one big mistake is um, people that just start writing and, and think that that's going to get them to a good destination. And 99 times out of 100, that's not the case. That's like trying to drive from Florida to California and you just get in the car and hop on the next road that... <laughs> That, you know, it just doesn't yeah, work that way. No. You, you, you need to plan it out. You need to map it out. You got to architect, you know, design what it is that you're trying to do. That's number one. Number two is similar, but number two is making the book all about you and your story. Hmm. And um, your story may be great. It may be incredible, but no one knows who you are more than likely, right? Like no, no one, 
No one bought my book. No one would have bought my book if it was the Rob Cosberg story, right? Mm. No, it's publish, promote, profit. It's it's for people that want to publish, that want to promote their book. So you have to you have to put yourself in the in the buyer's the reader's shoes, and um, and just see that you know the title, the subtitle, the content. Uh, your story is important because it captivates, but it has to be in the context of meeting the need of the reader. And if it's not, then it's just ego. It, it's you wrote your story. Great. It, it's probably not going to get you what you want, though. Mm. Cool. So what I'm hearing is and actually I actually heard Dan talk about this like the other day. He was saying um, someone was reflecting on the idea of it's such a simple idea, but most people don't really get it that that their content is not about them. Their content yeah. is not about it, it has to be about the audience, whether it's advertising, yeah. whether it's writing a book, whether it's writing your emails, like the more kind of use you can have in there, the more the focus on them, the better it will do. I'm curious about what makes a good like topic or title um, of a book. What do you look at when you're trying to analyze, you've got a client, they've got a book, you're trying to like dissect what their title should be. Yeah. Um, how do you think about that? Well, rules are made to be broken, but you need rules. Yeah. So, um, so here, here are my rules. Um, if you can find a title, main title, that's one to three words, then there's, there's potential magic there. Think um, Malcolm Gladwell outliers, mm -hmm. right? Or the tipping point, right? Or blink. Mm -hmm. um, if you can find a way to express curiosity and intrigue and yet, giving them a piece of what it's about, and you can do that in one to three words, then that, that can be gripping. Um, so the main title is about provoking curiosity, getting the them to take the next step, one to three words, ideally. The subtitle itself is your promise. That's the benefit of reading the book. So that's where you can say a lot more. You can have a longer subtitle and, you know, you can have one great promise or you can have, I like one or three, because the yep. human brain kind of works that way. So, you know, uh, either one great promise, um, you know, uh, blink the power of thinking without thinking, just one great idea or, uh, or three. And, um, you know, uh, the, I know the, for our work week did three, yes, it was it like, you three. know, how to, how to escape the nine to five and live in the new rich and do, you know, live on your own terms or something, something like else. that. Yeah. I, I know I just butchered that really badly, but it was yeah. something like that. Right. You're right. That's a hundred percent exactly the way it was. And now can you break the rules? Yes, but you need rules. So, mm. so if you, if you try to stick to those rules, you'll, you'll find gold. And, and if you have a good reason to break those rules, then you can still break them. But, mm. but it, that's at least the rule. I'm curious from a from a copyright perspective, like if if there's a you know a book called Blink, can you call your book Blink with a different subtitle or Blink in the word or like because I, from my understanding, there's no like copyright on the title of a book. Is that right? Or what what would you say to a client if they're thinking and they're like, oh, I want to use that word, but it's already used by someone else? For the most part, well, I, I wrote my first book. It was called Life After Debt. I didn't know anything about anything. So I thought, what a great title. It's a it's great title. About, right? <laughs> what I didn't know was there were five other books with the exact same title on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> five other books. <laughs> five, dude. I had no idea. 
Uh, now, fortunately, none of those people protected their IP and yeah. and or any of that. And my book was the most popular by far, so it 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 shadowed. It rose uh, up. Yeah, yeah. There was no issue there. Um, you're right, but at the same time, you know, if you have somebody that is really using that IP mm. and is really protective of that IP, then you might have a fight on your hands. You know. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. yeah, my, my buddy just, Todd Herman, who wrote Alter Ego. Yeah. Um, don't don't use Alter Ego. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll get a cease and desist letter, uh, <laughs> totally. you know, from his New York attorney. So, you know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I was just curious. And so what are, you know, if someone's thinking about writing a book, what, because um, I know that you obviously help people to do that, but what's like the general principles that you're reinforcing with someone when they're first getting started and especially choosing their topic. Yeah. Like let's talk about choosing the principles of choosing your topic and, and how to think about what topic should I do? Cause I know even for me, like there's multiple things that I would like to write on, yeah. which we had a conversation about, but it's like, how do you, how would you advise someone to choose their topic, especially if they're f- with their first book? I get that a lot. Um, Oftentimes, people come with a couple of different ideas. Uh, one idea often is like something they're passionate about, telling their story, helping other people. Um, what I tell people is, look, let's let's write the book that's going to make you the most money and that's going to get you the return on investment. Let's start there and you can write other books after that. The book that is going to make you the most money is the book that is the most niche down and mm. and most directly connected to your business. And so whatever your business is, I mean, we've done books for roofers and, and plumbers <laughs> so and, and landscapers. I mean, yeah. if we can do a book for a landscaper and, and help him to make six figures a year with his book, then you know, imagine a coach or a consultant uh-huh. or, or some other kind of expert. So, you know, just niche it down, try not to go broad, niche it down to your expertise, speak directly to your market, and then use it in all the ways that, that you can, like with book funnels, you know, like, uh, you know, with uh, your opt-in funnels, with PR and media, with mm-hmm. speaking engagements, there's just a myriad of ways to do it. Mm. On that note, tactically, what are some of the the best kind of hottest strategies at the moment with using books? Well, it depends on your kind of level of marketing sophistication and also where you want to go with it. Um, For the most sophisticated marketers, you know, there are a few things better than a book funnel. Mm. Uh, I've made millions of dollars um, in my book funnel just in the last 18 months. And that's not from selling millions of copies of books. That's hmm. selling maybe 50,000 copies uh, using a free plus shipping funnel or using a, a reduced uh, digital ebook funnel yep. uh, with a, a number of bonuses. But obviously getting the right person in the funnel that is serious enough to give you even $4.95, that really separates the interested people hmm. from the uninterested so people. True. It's amazing how such a small amount of money 
is so hard for people to come up with unless they're really interested. Hmm. And, um, and that funnel just works like, like magic force. That's very sophisticated though. Right. I mean, you, yeah. you know, we're, we're of course together in Russell's inner circle and, yeah. and that's where probably we both have learned a lot of the, the tricks of the trade, so to speak, hmm. but there are, there's a lot to it, building the hmm. funnel out, having the right upsells, downsells, having the right process in place for, for my clients. Um, most of them don't go that direction. For yep. most of them, it's using the book to get speaking engagements and to get media and PR in front of their ideal clients. And, and that works really, really good. Um, the, only, the only challenge with that compared to a book funnel is a book funnel works automatically 24-7, whether you're you know, out to eat with your wife or sleeping. Uh, speaking engagement works when you're speaking. Uh, a, you know, media and PR works when, you know, you're doing media and PR. So, so I, I, I obviously personally do everything here. I am on a podcast with you, but, mm. but I, I love the, I love the book funnel stuff. Mm. No, that's great. What haven't I asked about a book that you feel like is important to just talk about? Um, probably. I mean, I don't get say, me wrong. I'm pretty good at asking questions. Yeah, but. you are. You've asked great, you've asked great questions. Um, you know, I, I heard it put like this once, um, and, uh, and I really like it. And that is, you know, I, I like to ask, why shouldn't I do this thing? Hmm. And if they can't come up with a good reason why I shouldn't do it, then I won't do it. And if they do come up with a good reason, then I can at least debate whether or not that reason is, you know, worth overcoming. Right. And what I would say is that, you know, even though we have Amazon and even though we have, um, you know, more opportunity to put our books out in the world, the bar for actually doing a book is still super high. <laughs> like, like, you know, even with a company like mine, where you've got to write a pretty good size check to, yeah, it's still difficult for the author. Mm. Like you still have to you know, create the content and you do that with our ghostwriters and with our project managers and with our team. But the author still has the magic in them and has to give the time and the money to get that magic pulled out. And so I would just say, you know, it, it you can't lightly approach the idea of writing a book. If you, if you think, oh, you know, one day I'll write a book, then great then, you know, forget it and go back to your other New Year's resolutions. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's not, you're not ready for it. Uh, on the other hand, if you see, wow, I could really, you know, I, I could make an extra six or seven figures in a year from a book. Mm -hmm. A book would really take me into a whole new stratosphere. Then you have to say, how committed am I really to do it? And if you are committed, then get started, whether with a company like mine or on your own, because the the value there the, the value is there to do it, but the bar's still high. That that's I guess the point I'm making. Still tough. The bar's high from an effort perspective. Would you say? Yes, yes, hundred percent. It, it's it's the it's the grind. It's the effort to put in, and obviously, you know, working with someone like you or working with another company that helps people to write books takes some of the effort out of it. It gives you clarity. It takes yeah. some of the heavy lifting of like maybe a bit of ghostwriting. Um, coaching, accountability, and then I mean, I, I'm I'm a big advocate for putting money down to motivate you. So, um, and putting money down mot motivates you as well. Um, it does. Yeah, right. Now that's really interesting. In terms of 
you know, people will probably have a question around like self-publishing versus being published. What's your thoughts on whether you should go to be published or self-publish? Really easy. Um, number one, in most cases, if you don't have a big following, you're not going to get traditionally published anyway. That's so, so true. Yeah. So why waste your time? Um, they have five questions for you, and none of it has to do with how brilliant you are. Um, their questions are how big is your email list? How big is your Twitter following? How big is your social media, et cetera? That's mm. what they want to know <clears throat> because publishers don't sell books. Publishers give you an advance and they basically employ you to go sell the book for them. That is and so if, you, true, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a platform to sell to, then they don't want you, right? There, there's a reason that, that they're willing to um, give you an advance. Um, and in most cases, it's a terrible deal because uh, you're keeping just a pittance. So, mm, Especially so, in your first books. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the only reason ever, in my opinion, to go traditionally published is if, they, if you give a massive check. Um, number one. What about the uh, credibility of like having like Penguin on there or whatever, you know, like some sort of big publisher? It doesn't matter so much, a, you don't a, think? Answer it yourself. When was the last mm. time you looked at a book and your thought was, I wonder who published this. Yeah, I think less and less it matters yeah. at all. Yeah. Like even it doesn't with, matter at all. It, it really does. Like I would yeah. be at the airport and I'll pick up a book if the title and the person behind it and they've got enough like great testimonials and credibility and the title walks me. I actually don't care if they're published through a publisher or not. No one does. Um, it's probably maybe, the ego of the author. <laughs> well, you know, I, we, do, we do work with a lot of people that are that are you know in their my age in their 50s or in their mm. 60s and so they are more in the mentality of the traditional publishing world yeah and so oftentimes they struggle with that a little bit but they just have to understand look number one no one buys books at bookstores anymore <laughs> uh, that's just not what happens when was the last time you bought a book at a bookstore it's i mean very rare now yes yeah, yeah, so super true. rare everything's purchased on amazon yeah. everything's done online and nobody cares who published it because the publisher doesn't control the gate anymore. Now the, now the gate is controlled by the big platforms like Amazon, Apple books, things like that. Hmm. So I would, you know, I, I like controlling my content. And if someone came along and said, Hey, we'll give you $750,000. We want you to write this book and you'll get royalties. Sure. Hmm. You got it. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but the reality is, um, I'll make more if I own the rights and royalties and control of it. If, if, you know, I just keep that to myself as a self-publisher. So remember, you know, for, for like published profit, um, you know, I'm printing these books through Amazon and through other, other resources, and yeah. I can print them for just a couple of bucks, super high quality. If I had to sell 50,000 copies and I had to buy them from the publisher, that would cost me like 10, 12, 15 dollars a copy instead of two. So it it you know, it is it really changes the metrics of a free plus shipping funnel if you're working with a traditional publishing company. So mm, uh, in fact most true. people that that have that run funnels, they are all self-published and they own the control of it. Yeah, I know that there's been a few big experts in our industry who started off getting published yep. and ended up having to write a very big check to get yep. the publishing rights back yep. to themselves because they wanted to start doing their own publishing 100%. or self-publishing. So I've heard a few of those stories. So um, it's interesting. It is inter it's so true. Like these, 
I think that, you know, back in the day when the publishers owned the channels and they were really controlling of that channel, then it kind of made sense to do that. But now it's so true. Like if someone asks you to publish something, it's like, that's because you have an audience usually. Like you have a a great message and you've probably got a bit of an audience or else they wouldn't ask you. Um, It's, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. If if you have the audience and you know how to monetize the audience, meaning you know how to build funnels or do outreach or you have something to sell beyond the book, you don't need a publisher. Mm. You, you don't need a traditional publisher. There's no, you, you, you're doing everything that they won't be doing anyway, right? That you're doing everything for yourself that you should be doing. So yeah, you, there, there's no need for it unless you're getting a big check. Mm. Yeah. Um, what's one of the best ways for people to contact you or to, to check you out and um, check out your programs or your sure. websites or even some cool free stuff? Love it. Um, well, the main website is bestsellerpublishing.org. Um, they can get a free copy of my book, Publish, Promote, Profit at publishpromoteprofit.com forward slash free book. And, um, you know, there's several upsells and downsells there. If they want some <laughs> yeah. additional cool buckle stuff. Buckle up, buckle right? up. <laughs> I, I do. I, I do practice uh, what I preach. Yeah, so, I love it. Uh, so you'll see all of that. But uh, those are probably the best ways. Yeah, oh, that's great, Rob. I'm curious. I always like to finish off with like a bit of a, a a meaningful question from you personally on a deeper level. Um, imagine it is the end of your life and your family, your friends, your clients are all standing around talking about Rob Cosberg and yeah. they're talking about the impact that you've had in the world and so forth. And um, what what would be your hope that they would whisper about you, that they would say to each other about you? You know, I thought about this. I've had different answers at different times in my life, um, which uh, I guess if you have these kind of deep thoughts, I just lost a, a very, very good friend of mine, one of my yeah. best friends to to COVID. Um, and so I see what's being whispered in the and the jokes that we're telling and and all of that uh, about him. I would probably say the the thing that I would want most people to say that that know me at whatever level is, um, you know, that I was, uh, I was a true person. I was a genuine person. What you saw was what you got with me. And, um, you know, because of that authenticity, um, it made a difference in their lives in some, Mm -hmm. whatever way, whatever way, shape or form. That's probably what I'd say. (laughs) I love that, Rob. Ask me again in a year, it'll probably be different. (laughs) (laughs) That I was driving a Corvette and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Corvette. Well, I've had a few since then. Uh, so good. <laughs> I mean, Rob, when we, you know, we were in a big room when we met and and yeah. uh, and I and I had seen you and heard of you before. Um, but it was there's definitely something that attracted me to you to come up and say hi and and Thank and you. you know, build this relationship. And um, and I think that you live that, like you're a real true representation of that. And so uh, I love that you live true to what you what you believe, and it's great Thanks, to bro. have you on. The- that means a lot. Thank yeah, you. absolutely, absolutely. I, Rob, I'd so. rather hear it while I'm alive than <laughs> when I'm dead. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> tell me now. Tell me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, now he's dead. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> You're a legend, Rob. Hey, it's been a pleasure having you on the Expert Edge, and uh, uh, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk soon, buddy. Thanks, brother. 
Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.